listening to the Forefront Church podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. That's a good video, Karen Cakes. I like it. Yeah. Um, it tells a good story. It does. Uh, and what I've been learning lately is that we are incredibly affected by stories. Stories affect us greatly. Uh, I say a lot from the stage. I say, hey, uh, if you really want to know somebody, if you really want to invest in somebody, hear their story or tell them your story, right? That's how we end up growing. That's how good things end up happening. We invest in one another that way. And then I've been uh, reading some stuff and listening to some stuff, and I didn't realize this. Did you guys know that, that stories, that they affect us physically? Did you guys know that? We're affected by stories physically? Um, so what happens is when you hear a really good story, you, uh, your brain releases, uh, this, releases this chemical. It's called oxytocin. And so oxytocin goes into your bloodstream. And when it goes into your bloodstream, what it does is it asks your body, it tells your body um, to feel all these feelings. So you feel like compassion and you feel love and you feel anger. Uh, and, and this oxytocin is flowing through you and um, it's like compelling you. Like you're compelled to do something about the story that you're hearing or reading or watching. So that's what's actually happening. Your brain is releasing a chemical when you hear a good story. So it doesn't matter what story it is. It really doesn't. It could be um, Harry Potter. It could be uh, Marty McFly, getting back to 1985. That always gets me excited. Uh, it could be uh, Toy Story 3, the end, when Andy gives away his toys before college. I have kids, so I watch it. It gets me every time. Every single time it gets me. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the story that gets told. It, you know, it, it can be what we've heard from Defy and what we've heard from Nomi, what we've heard from Orchard Group. Any one of those stories, our brain releases this chemical, this oxytocin, and it goes through our bloodstream, and it compels us to actually do something about what we've just heard. That's what happens. Okay? Is it any wonder that Jesus was an absolute master when it came to telling stories? He was the best storyteller around. In fact, he told stories so well people wanted to kill him. That's how well he told stories. And so he um, tells all these stories, and uh, um, one of the stories he tells does get him killed. And what happens, though, is he gets resurrected. And so he's resurrected, and then in this little far-off corner of the Roman Empire, this revolution starts, and this revolution grows, and this revolution spreads. And you end up having three and a half billion people who follow this Jesus guy who told incredible stories. And so this happened, we're actually a part of it now, we're part of three and a half billion people who at some point in the past 24 hours or in the coming hours have gotten together and have told stories about Jesus. We get to be a part of that, but the truth of the matter is, is, is that Jesus predicted this was going to happen. Jesus said, hey, this is what's going to happen with this Christianity thing, this is what's going to happen with the stories that I'm telling today. And the way he tells it, or the way he lets us know it's going to happen, is through one of the most controversial and divisive stories that Jesus has ever told. Jesus told this story, and whoever was around after hearing it, whoever was there, if there were thousands of people there, they would have been screaming. They would have been upset. If they didn't want to kill Jesus yet, they would have wanted to kill Jesus after the fact. It's one of the craziest stories Jesus ever tells, and the truth is it's two lines long, and if we blink, we miss it. In fact, I don't even think a lot of us would even call it a story. Want to hear it again? Let's hear it again. It goes like this. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of heaven like? Uh, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden, and it grew, and it became a tree, and birds perched in its branches. That was a divisive, 
controversial story that released oxytocin into people's bloodstreams and had people up in arms and ready to kill Jesus. That story. It's a good story, right? You guys are like, it's two lines. What are you talking about? You want to know why this was such a good story? You want to know why it did that to people? I'll tell you why. Because in the time of Jesus, well, I've got to ask you guys a question. I want to ask you a question before I even get into this. How many people have heard this before? How many people have read this, seen this, heard this? All right, a few of you have read it, seen it, heard it. What, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind when you think it? What comes to your mind when you, when you hear it with this kingdom of heaven's like a mustard seed? We, I was in Sunday school when I was a little kid. It was like a little mustard seed turns into something beautiful, right? And um, it's like this tree. Like, I think we think of mustard trees as looking like that. Like gorgeous and like, this is amazing, right? This is, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is, this is not the truth. Okay, this is not the truth at all. The mustard seed that turned into a mustard tree, um, it wasn't even a mustard tree. It was such an incredible story that the gospel writers, some scholars think the gospel writers masked the story, said, you know, we'll call it a tree because it was such an embarrassing and divisive and controversial story. It was a plant, and it was an illegal plant. It was illegal to have mustard seeds and a mustard plant in your property or on your property. You were not allowed to have them. If you were really mad at your neighbor, you know what you would do to your neighbor? You'd throw mustard seeds on their, on their property. You know why? Because it was a weed. It was a weed that choked out everything else. So if mustard seeds fell on your property, it became this like unruly kind of gross plant slash weed thing. Uh, and, and it grew in all these weird ways and it choked out the rest of your vegetation. And, and then it, it, it ended up, you know, creating this really ugly looking thing like that. That's a mustard plant right there. That's what it creates. So it's not the beautiful, nice looking tree. This is what it would create. It would create this thing. And if you had that on your property and it already had choked out all your vegetation and it ruined everything else, you know what would happen next was like all these uh, snakes and rats and mice and bugs and anything that crawled on the ground and anything that lived low would call that mustard plant its home. That's what a mustard seed did. It created this ugly tree that choked out everything else and then created a really big vermin problem on your property. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus says. <laughs> that's what it's like. If Jesus was here today, Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven is like uh, the stomach virus in Brooklyn. You are not getting away from it. Everybody's going to get it, right? If he were here today, he would say the kingdom of heaven is like the Ebola virus that messes with everybody in its path, causes destruction. That's what Jesus would say to us. That's what Jesus is saying to the people hearing this at this time. Can we see why it's a controversial and divisive story? There's another reason it's controversial and divisive. Because uh, the people of Israel who have been under oppression forever and ever, amen, uh, uh, would hold on to this passage in Ezekiel. It was a passage that uh, the prophet Ezekiel talks about uh, when they're enslaved by the Babylonians. And in this passage, uh, this is what God says. The sovereign Lord says, I will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and I will plant it. And he talks about breaking off tender sprigs and he talks about how you're going to become the splendid cedar and how birds of every kind are going to nest in it. And, and, I, and, and you will know that the Lord will bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall and I will bring up a green tree and make the dry tree flourish and the Lord has spoken and I will do it. So when you were in slavery uh, as an Israelite and you, um, 
wanted hope, well, you would read this passage from Ezekiel, which said that you were going to be a mighty, beautiful uh, uh, cedar of Lebanon. That's what you were going to be. You were going to be this incredible tree. That's who God was going to make you. So you weren't going to be the lowest of the low. And like eagles and falcons and whatever exotic birds you could think of would perch in your branches. Because that's what you were going to be one day. And Jesus comes along and goes, nah, nah, you uh, the kingdom of heaven? Kingdom of Heaven's like that most disgusting weed tree thing that you have in your yard that chokes everything else out and then makes you pay thousands of dollars to get rid of all the vermin that comes with it. That's who you are. That's what you're going to be. That's why people wanted to kill him. And that's the gospel message, isn't it? That is the gospel message. This is the message where uh, we get to say, you know what? <laughs> the Kingdom of Heaven is the thing that, that chokes out oppression and the kingdom of heaven is the thing that chokes out violence and it chokes out you know, the, the abuse of power and the kingdom of heaven, it, it chokes out those people that think they know it all and the kingdom of heaven chokes out the people that think that they are righteous and the kingdom of heaven gives shade and shelter and everything else to the lowest of the low, the broken, the second class, the people that don't have it together, the ones who doubt, the ones who are like me, the ones who are like you, the ones who are like us and we sit in this and we say grace and thanks be to God. Right? That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. And so it spreads. It spreads. It's this weed. And so what happens is in the book of Acts, you hear about these people who are in Jerusalem and they're afraid to have this kingdom of heaven spread. They're afraid to make it spread. And then all of a sudden one guy goes, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to Antioch. And Antioch wasn't too far away, but they decided to go there. And I want to show you what happens after they decide to go to Antioch. Let's look and see real quick how this kingdom of heaven, how this mustard seed spreads. There it goes. And so what you'll see is you'll see people decide that they're going to start sharing with one another. That they're going to start living for one another. They're going to start taking care of one another's needs. And pretty quickly here, you're going to see Islam come in. All right, Islam, come in. There it is. And it comes in. But then it continues to spread and people continue to to grow together. And people continue to to say, I'm going to take care of you because we're part of this Jesus thing. Where Jesus says that the lowest of low are taken care of. And watch what happens right around the 1600s. It just explodes. And so that is the gospel that we have today. A gospel that started with a group of 120 in Jerusalem that becomes three and a half billion people because somebody figures out or somebody realizes that the gospel message is like a mustard seed that chokes everything else out. And yeah, there are places where Islam comes in and, and, and there's battles and there's crusades and you see the oppression of different empires that come in and out. And you see even right now, there's still some oppression in parts of the world. But overall, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that cannot be stopped. You know what C.S. Lewis calls it? He calls it the good infection. We are a part of the good infection. Our church is a part of the good infection. So four years ago, I was hired to, to lead this church, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was absolutely clueless. And somebody said, don't worry about it. There are people here that are going to help you, that are going to help spread this thing for you. And so believe it or not, we were actually a part of Celebration Generosity. We were actually a part of this thing that happened back in 2012, so three years ago now. And we are here today because there were people who decided that, you know what, I want to give to this thing. I want to see this good infection spread. And I want you guys to take a look at our Celebration Generosity video. Here's what we did. <laughs> so here's a, here's a fun story 2011 Ben and Sarah 
Ben, who's our creative arts director, they move um, from Australia and they show up at, at, at Forefront and they're at this church and it was celebration generosity time. And they're like, what is this crazy church that gives all of their money away to all these organizations? I don't quite get it. And so I, I like had a meeting with Ben and it was like two days before this. And I was like, Ben, do you want to go do this video with us? So that's actually the first time he had ever hung out in Brooklyn in that video. <laughs> That was like the first time ever. But, you know, you see this and like a lot of the people in this video aren't even with us any longer and there are new people here. And to me, like this is the gospel, right? This is the good infection. This is the mustard seed. The good infection spreads. This is how it spreads. And before we even started, uh, uh, we used to partner and we still partner in some ways with Brooklyn Community Services, which is this incredible organization in Brooklyn. And we did a lot of work with them. And there were two people in particular. There was Ashley and there was Jen who worked with Brooklyn Community Services at the time. They were like, Forefront, you guys are really interesting. What are you about? I'm not sure. I'm going to come check you out. And then Jen and Ashley came in for the past like two and a half, three years almost. They've been a part of our church to the point where Jen Ugolino is now even part of our leadership team. And that's what it looks like to have the good infection spread. It looks like that. It looks like um, this guy who came to me the first uh, couple weeks we were planning this church. And he goes, I'm burned out. I hate church. I don't even want to go back anymore. And now that guy sits in the back of the room every first service and gives me a thumbs up or a thumbs down based on how well I'm doing. And he's married to our associate pastor and he's Bobby Fisher. And that's the good infection, right? This is the good infection. It spreads this way. Like, it spreads because there are people who are like, you know, this is for me. I want to be a part of something that chokes everything else out and allows the, the lowest of the low and the weakest of the weak and the hurt to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of a grace. And then there are people who say, you know what, I'm part of Forefront, but I want to take this good infection and I want to bring it to other places. And so we have those people who leave us but continue to spread the good infection. Being away this year, I really realized what a unique experience it was uh, to be a part of Celebration Generosity. The church that we're a part of here um, is planning to plant a church this summer, and we're both really excited about it. Um, After being a part of Celebration Generosity the last couple of years, we really thought about how important our time and our um, financial support was for some other, other organizations, and we are looking forward to having the same impact on the church plan and some of the organizations in our neighborhood here in London. So we can't wait to hear about all the awesome things that you guys are doing through CG and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bill calls me the other day. He's like, Hey man, I really miss you guys. He's like, but we're going to be a part of a church plan that happens in London. And I'm sitting here writing this message. It was like two weeks ago. And I was like, and the good infection spreads. (laughs) I was like, and it continues, and it keeps happening, and today we get to be a part of the good infection. We get to continue on, and every time we hear a story like the one we heard from Nomi, where you have this 10-year-old girl who is raped and killed, and then Nomi Network comes back around to this woman's mother, and they surround her with help, and they surround her with love, and they give her skills that this mother needs to, to move on and to survive, and this mother actually smiles and we give to that organization that continues to do that, that spreads the good infection.
And when Koss stands up here on stage and he goes, yeah, I used to run a $2 million drug ring and I was in jail and I realized while I was in jail how many people I was actually hurting. And so he takes his business skills and starts like a really successful fitness program. And then we decide we want to give to that because we want to see hundreds of other people no longer be called felons or convicts, but we want to see them be called successful entrepreneurs. That is spreading the good infection. And... Watson, I'm talking to him on Thursday, and I'm like, Watson, man, what are you guys up to with your church? And he goes, churches are, he goes, uh, <clears throat> schools are shutting their doors down all around our neighborhood. All these schools are like being just shut down. Teachers are losing jobs. And he's like, man, it is just on me right now to make sure that we take care of these kids and we take care of these teachers in the best way possible. And so every time that we decide that we're going to give to somebody like Watson or, or other churches that are represented by Orchard Group, not only are we taking care of cities and people and teachers and students, we're taking care of generations that are going to be a part of those churches. That's what we're taking care of. And the good infection spreads. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, this little illegal thing that you threw in your neighbor's garden when you were really upset. And that thing grows and it spreads and it chokes everything else out and it creates shelter, not for some of these, but for all of these and all of us. And today we get to contribute to it. Today we get to be a part of it. Today we get to carry it on. Today we get to make that, that, that seed continue to spread and continue to grow and continue to look as ugly and messy as it ever did because that is the gospel. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Right now, uh, I'm going to pray. And what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to come down to one of these two tables on either side. Okay? And first of all, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate the fact that, that through Jesus' death and resurrection that we can be this good infection, that we have the grace needed, that this is for us, that we can spread this infection everywhere. And we're going to celebrate by taking communion. You can dip the cracker into the juice and celebrate the fact that, that there is grace for all of us. And here's the other thing I want you to do. Ben and the rest of the band are going to be playing a song. And as they play, I want you to take your time. I want you to decide if you want to even do this today. You can come up and you can drop your offering right here in one of these baskets. And just let this happen. Uh, and, and you can give to Celebration Generosity. And you can be a part of spreading this good infection. Because what is the kingdom of heaven like? What is the kingdom of heaven like? What shall I compare it to? like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden and it became a tree and it grew and the birds perched in its branches. Amen.